Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Always great to remind you of our podcast, one and a half million downloads and growing. If you'd like to be part of the family, super easy to get us because we're free, we're fun, we're factual, common sense conservatism. Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening material. This story, I will say, has a... uh, I guess it hits me in a very serious way because ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be on television. I wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to tell the news. And I remember growing up in Southern California, my mom and dad kind of patting me on the head. Okay, honey, good luck, right? And I was dedicated and I stuck to it and I did it. And I went to college and graduate school and first job national television, yada, yada, yada. And I care profoundly about that institution. I believe that there is a profound duty among the media to be very aware of news and how it is presented. And my goal was never to make people behave a certain way or change their opinions, but to give them the information that they needed to make the best decisions for them and their families. And I say that to you on this program all the time. So when I saw this yesterday, and it was a tweet, it was a picture of a woman on a motorcycle with Hamas terrorists, she was clearly an Israeli, being driven away to to God knows what hideous fate, to to be gang raped, to be mutilated, to be murdered, to be decapitated like Shani Luke. I don't know, but the picture showed two arrows pointing to two guys with cameras. And I, and I scratched my head. I'm like, well, why would, why would there be media people on October 7th with Hamas taking pictures of what they were doing because they were embedded with them. U.S. media representatives We're working with terrorists and witnessed them go into neighborhoods and slaughter more than a thousand people. I mean, what? So here's the headline. This is called honestreporting.com. And isn't that intriguing? And the headline is broken borders. AP and Reuters pictures of Hamas atrocities raise ethical questions. Yeah. You know, and and one of the things in journalism school, one of the exercises, and this was a billion years ago, right? Say you're a member of the media and you're outside a burning building. This was something that was literally a question, a a prompt in one of my classes in journalism school. And, And there's somebody inside who's screaming for help. Do you keep recording Or do you run inside and help the person? Do you effectively become part of the story? Or do you stand there? Can you stand there with your conscience and just record it as they're screaming in fear and pain? It is a robust discussion to have. At what point does the news, do the news presenters cross over and become it? This is, this is beyond. And here's the story. On October 7th, Hamas terrorists were not the only ones 
who documented the war crimes they had committed during their deadly rampage across southern Israel. Some of their atrocities were captured by Gaza-based photojournalists working for the Associated Press and Reuters news agencies whose early morning presence at the breached border area raises serious ethical questions. Yeah, what were they doing there so early on what would be ordinarily a quiet Saturday morning? Was it coordinated with Hamas? Did the respectable wire services which published their photos approve of their presence inside enemy territory together with the terrorist infiltrators did the photojournalists who freelance for other media like cnn and the new york times did they notify these outlets hey it's phil uh i'm here and we're with a bunch of dudes wearing masks who've got heavy gear and i think something's gonna happen do you want me here or what do you want to do i doubt that happened you've got people who want to get a scoop i gotta get the shot what what judging from the pictures of lynching kidnapping and storming of an israeli kibbutz it seems like the border has been breached not only physically but also journalistically so the ap are you photojournalists or are you infiltrators Four names appear on AP's photo credits from the Israel-Gaza border area on October 7th. Hassan Ezlaya, Youssef Masoud, Ali Mahmoud, and Halem Ali. Ezlaya, a freelancer who also works for CNN, crossed into Israel, took photos of a burning Israeli tank, then captured infiltrators entering Kibbutz Kafar Aza. This is one of the neighborhoods where people were mowed down. Where, where women were murdered and there, I can't go there. Honest reporting has obtained screenshots of Eslaya's new, now removed tweets on Twitter, which he documented himself standing in front of the Israeli tank. He did not wear a press vest or a helmet. And the Arabic caption on his tweet read, live from inside the Gaza Strip settlements. Ew! Shortly after the publication of this article honest reporting is writing as an update we were alerted to footage of hassan eslaya next to the israeli tank in addition a photo has surfaced showing eslaya with hamas leader and the mastermind of the october 7th massacre yaha sinwar <sighs> what and i'm looking at the pictures that they have found that he thought he'd scrubbed that he did not clearly showing he's embedded with Hamas. In the above video, as Laya says in Arabic, everyone who were inside this tank were kidnapped. Everyone who were inside the tank were kidnapped a short while ago by Al-Qassam brigades, Hamas armed wing. And as we have seen with our own eyes, more photos he took in Kafar Aza show Hamas terrorists trying to breach the kibbutz's fence and a burning house inside the community. Now, Masood, who also works for the New York Times, was there as well, just in time to set foot in Israeli territory and tank, take more tank pictures. Ali Mahmoud and Hatem Ali were positioned to get pictures of the horrific abductions of Israelis into Gaza. Mahmoud captured the pickup truck carrying the body of German-Israeli Shani Luk. And Ali got several... He captured the pickup truck. He's there embedded with freaking terrorists. Click, click, click. 
Hi, boss. At, at the New York Times? Hey, yeah, I got some stuff for you. I think you're going to like it. What? How do you guys feel about this? I am sick. Mahmoud captured the pickup truck carrying the body of German-Israeli Shani Luk, and Ali got several shots of abductees being kidnapped into the strip. Interestingly, the names of photographers, which appear on their on other sources, have been removed from some of the photos on AP's database. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because you know damn well what was going on. And you would have rather gotten the freaking scoop of people being massacred, decapitated, babies being put in ovens than you would be interested in doing the right thing. I'm going to go with there are a few headlines and a few photographs and a few scoops I can do without. I don't need you to be there. I don't want you to be there. And you sure as hell shouldn't be there with terrorists. But who is the media sympathetic for? Reuters also has published pictures from two photojournalists who also happen to be at the border just in time for Hamas's infiltration. Mohammed Fake Abu Mustafa and Yasser Kudith both took pictures of a burning Israeli tank on the Israeli side of the border, but Abu Mustafa went further. He took photos of a lynch mob brutalizing the body of an Israeli soldier who was dragged out of the tank. Reuters was kind enough to add a graphic warning to the photo caption, but it didn't prevent editors from shamelessly labeling it as one of the, quote, images of the day. What? On their editorial database. Let's be clear. News agencies may claim that these people were just doing their job documenting war crimes, but that's not so simple. It is obvious that Hamas had planned its October 7th attack on Israel for a very long time. Its scale, its brutal aims, its massive documentation, they had been prepared for months, if not years. Everything was taken into account. The deployments, the timing, as well as the use of body cams, mobile phone videos for sharing the atrocities. By the way, I might mention to you, in the United States, it is illegal to provide material support to Hamas. Because they are listed as a foreign terrorist organization. Hey, Associated Press. Hey, Reuters, CNN, and New York Times. We're calling. Answer the phone. You're tuned into the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Back right after this. You know, no matter how bad things look as a Republican, no matter how fragmented, how disoriented or disorganized, how how much squabbling there might be among our ranks, we are watching something that is important. It is the true growth of a political party. And it is the shedding of old time ideas and values. And it is the growing of a pair of huevos and stepping forward and saying what needs to be said. We have been browbeaten into silence. They have come after those of us who speak, those of us who are honest, those of us who are unafraid, those of us who are done caring what anybody else thinks. 
This Democrat Party is the party of all things dark. Think about this Nashville story. You've got a trans shooter, right? Young lady, thinks she's a dude, obviously got things going on, needs some help, needed help a long time ago. Manifesto shows she hates white people. You don't just start feeling that way. You are taught that. You are groomed into that behavior. And if you are fragile enough, because you've also been told, change your body, take all these drugs, you'll find the promised land. You know what it doesn't do? Fix any of your problems. And so she took action. And so the manifesto, after months and months and months, was finally released. Don't you think we all should? It's like having a a loved one die at a young age. Well, maybe we should figure out why. They have kids. Let's find out, was there a congenital heart problem? Let's do an autopsy. Let's make sure we can be proactive. Let's take a a positive out of a negative and make sure everybody understands what's going on. No, no, no. We're not going to learn from the manifesto because the manifesto proves she was off of her freaking rocker. The product of Democrat, leftist, communist, socialist, progressivist grooming and hatred for her own kind. Guns down a bunch of people, kill six. No, we're not going to release the manifesto because it proves she was crazy. Anybody would be who would do that. And so it gets leaked. Steven Crowder gets it. He puts it out. Just a couple pages of it. So we know what's going on. Now, instead of investigating her, instead of doing something meaningful in Nashville or any other city to protect kids, well, what can we do realistically? To make sure our children at school are safe. First of all, let's stop glorifying the shooters. Secondly, let's figure out a real strategy to keep kids safe when they're away from home. Instead, you've got the police department in Nashville going after the seven detectives who apparently helped Steven Crowder get that manifesto. They've been suspended, but we're told it's not it's nothing punitive. <laughs> right? It's sort of like there's zero evidence that Joe Biden is connected to any of his crime family syndicate, right? Don't look at what you see with your open eyes because clearly your eyes are lying to you. Don't don't say that Ronna McDaniel is an ineffective loser who needs to go stat and instead say, no, 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 we're we're making tremendous strides. It's uh it's just gonna take some time. No. All of this, it is such hocus pocus, garbage, and they think you're too stupid to pick up the pieces of this. Nashville Police Department suspends seven detectives over leak of transgender shooters manifesto. Why are you running interference, Nashville Police Chief guy? Who's paying your bills? Who's paying your salary? Do your job. Just because she fits into your category of suck doesn't mean that you can punish people for doing the right thing. Did you guys hear about the dude, the January 6th fellow, who's actively being hunted like a fugitive by the FBI, SWAT team, choppers in the air, searching for him through the woods? What did he do? He had to kill somebody. He had to do something. No. No, he was there on January 6th. He was at the Capitol. And make no mistake, the DOJ has said they've got a thousand people they've charged 
and, and put away and they're out for a thousand more and this is it clock is ticking we've got one year to go we got to put as many of these people away as possible we've got to send a message to everybody paying attention you do the right thing you want to tell the truth you have morals you're a good person you know north is still north we will come for you that is the decision that is your choice in this country party of crazy party of i'm going to embed my myself into a terrorist organization so i can get the scoop on the pictures of beheadings and atrocities to the degree i can't even go or to the side that's right now in a crazy state of flux saying you know what this isn't working we need to purge we need to get rid of the likes of the Mitt Romneys and the jo- and the uh, Mitch McConnells and the Susan Collins and all of these wishy-washy, namby-pamby, vanilla white bread wuss Republicans. And we need people who are willing to stand up and do what needs to be done and say what needs to be said. And if it makes people uncomfortable, so what? Look at what being silent and sitting on our hands has gotten us. Two wars, 33 plus trillion in debt, a wide open border, a fentanyl crisis, kids who can't freaking read. And you're told Joe Biden is the best thing you've got. Good luck with that. More on the Wendy Bell Radio Network right after this. So listening to this debate last night, and I don't want to get into the into the weeds on it. I don't want to get into the 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 dissection of what everybody said. I don't care. I really don't care. But I do want to talk about the media's interpretation of what happened last night. You know, we're getting to this point in our relationship, I think. Not just you and myself on this program, but I think just us as common sense, we as common sense individuals, we're paying attention. What they're telling you and what you're hearing isn't necessarily the story. You got to go up 10,000, 20,000 feet, look down a little bit and see what it's, what it's doing. And what we exposed last night is that the media are a laughable joke. And I take it personally because I care deeply about that. And it's ruined. MSNBC. You know, if, I'm, if I am a conservative commentator... And I'm watching a debate of Democrats. And those Democrats are vying to be the leader, the number one most important person on planet Earth. Quite literally, the most important person. I'm not going to be giggling and, and making bathroom humor or acting as though I'm at a slumber party. I'm sure as hell not going to do that if I'm a 60 plus year old man. But, apparently, these days, one can behave as poorly, as immaturely, and as ridiculously as they want, and apparently get away with it. MSNBC had a a panel. Rachel Maddow. These people have been featured so many times on this program lying to you. What did Rachel Maddow say? Famously. If you get the vaccine, the virus stops with you. It's not going on. It's not moving on. It stops with you. Why is it that I was able to be suspicious of that and think critically about that? And they fell hook, line, and sinker for all the BS that we've been through, unless they're part of it. 
which they are. She's giggling, giggling about last night. I, I personally don't think the state of affairs in this country is funny. And I dare say any other mom and dad out there with children still to raise and bills to pay isn't laughing either. I don't care what Ron DeSantis puts in his stupid shoes. I don't care. I don't care that Nikki Haley is a woman. I wouldn't vote for her because or not because of that. Stop it. Give me ideas. Give me your vision. Don't give me what you think everybody wants to hear. Here's Rachel Maddow last night. And I have two little bits of hers that I'd like to break down for you. I want you to hear that this is what people in your neighborhood who've got the stupid all are welcome here signs in their yard. Black Lives Matter, Biden with Biden. Did anybody ever have one of theirs? No, I don't think so. These are what your triggered leftist neighbors. This is what they're hearing. This is what they're getting. This is what triggers that wacko voter guy who accosted the Republican poll worker who happens to be the head of the RNC in Arlington, Virginia. That's what made him go nutty on Election Day. You are a product of the information that you absorb and your lack of critical thinking and asking questions. That man is a product of this woman, Rachel Maddow. Audio soundbite number one, talking about Vivek Ramaswamy. And the narrative that they're trying to push, that he has taken over the title from Donald Trump as the most hated man. Listen. Tonight's debate, back, back for an encore from the last debate, um, was just the, the, the deep, palpable, withering disgust that candidate Vivek Ramaswamy seems to inspire from his fellow candidates. He makes them say things you can't imagine they've ever said before in their lives. He makes them make facial expressions on the stage that you're quite sure they don't know they're making in public. He really brings out a side of them that makes news, frankly. They're, they're, they're giggling like prepubescent girls or Pete Buttigieg, one or the other. Thank God he's over in Ukraine right now, taking pictures with Vladimir Zelensky. That'll move our needle transportation-wise. Woo! Hated. He's hated. No, Vivek Ramaswamy is not hated. He just tells the truth, and it makes people uncomfortable. And quite frankly, I like the truth. I'd rather be told the truth, even if it hurts my feelings. Let's go. I don't have time to dilly-dally and and dance around the subject. We've got problems to solve. Now, Rachel Maddow's not done yet. Because this was the big deal that Nikki Haley called Vivek Ramaswamy a scum. I don't care about that either. It's politics and all politicians seem to have the same moments of suck. Here's Rachel Maddow, part two. Here he was with former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in a section of the debate about whether the Chinese-owned app TikTok should be banned. Um, I should just mention this, this back and forth ended with one of the candidates saying something I have never heard ever in any debate I have ever covered in all of my years on this earth. I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which was about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. The easy answer. She said there was, you're just scum. You know, 
I think if they all just said what they really meant, if they cut to the chase, this could be a lot more clarifying. Well, I can cut to the chase on you, Rachel. I find you to be a vile, reprehensible individual who on a daily basis spews triggered rhetoric of suck. You lie for a living. You misrepresented everything about COVID. You never asked one question that was even remotely cerebral or questioning at all about the narrative that you were given from the administration. You covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story. You've spent every single waking moment you can, in addition to all of your cohorts, ripping on anybody in this country who cares about America and America first values, not to mention your disgusting coverage of Donald Trump. Um, is that is that bold enough for you there, Rachel? And all of them giggling there. So this is an interesting question. Uh, Vivek is asked this question. Tell me, Ramaswamy, are you persuaded by President Zelensky's urgent new plea? Where do you stand on more funding? I'm absolutely unpersuaded. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Ukraine hawks quietly, delicately tiptoe back from their position as this thing has unwound into a disaster. The first half of this race, I was the only person standing for it. Now they're actually quietly coming around to being more cautious as they should. Level with the American people here. Ukraine is not a paragon of democracy. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now in the Donbass, Luhansk, Donetsk, these are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil, don't buy it. 100% correct. 100. Why is Pete Buttigieg there for a photo op with Zelensky today? Why? What is that guy going to do? He can't change light bulbs on bridges in South Bend, Indiana. He was hated as the mayor there. But of course, because he's gay, he can get a position in this administration of box checking suck. And that is what we have. Everybody's scratching their head like, what, what happened in this country? It's so wild. It's, uh, it happened so fast, too. Well, there you go. That is called progress on the left, my friends. And there are people like Lawrence O'Donnell who run interference for it. This is a grown man. He's got to be 10 years older than I. He's got to have 40 years experience in this industry. And he's going to talk about how what a waste of time it is ever to watch a Republican debate. That, oh, thank goodness I'm normally working during this. I normally never have to see this. This is just a gross, just a gross take on where we are as a people right now. Here's Lawrence O'Donnell. Listen. This is, by the way, first Republican debate I've watched. Luckily, I've been working at 10 p.m. Uh, during the previous Republican debates, and I didn't have to participate in any of this. You're such a dirtbag. You're a small, small individual, sir. Because you know what I see as a, as a viewer of that? As a mom watching you mock the process? And run interference for an administration that is flushing this country down the toilet? How dare you? How dare you? 
And he's not done yet. He's going to create the idea that Vivek Ramaswamy is is just hated. If Vivek is hated, it's because he tells the truth or he says what he thinks. And apparently with most of the rhino ruling class, you're not supposed to do that. Listen. And I now see that that Vivek is the MVP of the panel for this reason. He makes everyone else look better than they were ever going to look because he's not just the most hated person by everyone on the stage. He's the most hateable character who's ever had a role in presidential debating in in either party. And so he's helping them by being up there. He's making Nikki Haley look better, look stronger. He's making everybody up there. Humanizing look, All of them look better. What a hack. And in the shadows, you can hear the blonde wig wearing Joy Reid giggling. Is this a game to you guys? Because I'll, I'll tell you what I see that you have a leader in your party who is a corrupt politician who has been corrupt for better part of 50 years who's an idiot who's not there and now he is a demented one which is not a laughing matter and i've never mocked him for that it's tragic because as he goes so do the rest of us I want to ask Lawrence O'Donnell, do you think this is funny that we have eight, nine, 10 million people who, who hate us? A lot of them hate us here in our country doing God knows what that we're paying for. Is that funny to you? Is that, is that some sophomoric joke? Because it isn't to me. And it isn't to tens of millions of other Americans out there who are done being laughed at by the degree of your suck. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, how the networks totally ignored one of the biggest stories yesterday in favor of one that had to do with a panda. You cannot make it up. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So there was pretty big testimony Tuesday. And the testimony was David Weiss in front of House Judiciary, Jim Jordan, behind closed doors, I should say, testifying about how much leeway he was really given in order to truly investigate, prosecute Hunter Biden. Well, we all know that he was hamstrung from go. We've heard from multiple whistleblowers in the FBI, in the IRS, notably Joseph Ziegler and his boss, Gary Shapley. They outed themselves on, on live television in front of the Judiciary Committee. And they explained that they'd been working for five years on the Hunter Biden story. And every time they got to a certain point in the investigation, they were blocked. And they were told, you've got to go get approval from this person. And this person needed approval from this person. And it was 17 people deep, 17. It's sort of like having 20 shell companies and 10 Bidens to spread it around. There's a reason for this, to run out the clock, to send you on a wild goose chase, to drown you in documents, to do whatever it is that they need to do to keep your eye off the ball. And the ball is Hunter Biden is corrupt. And Hunter Biden's family is corrupt. And Hunter Biden sold Joe Biden's brand and Joe Biden got a profit off of it. That is the story. 
that all these players in our federal government work so hard to shut down. How much time do you think the network spent covering that story? That is huge testimony. Huge. Now, we all know that the networks are in bed with the Democratic Party because, by extension, the media is the propaganda wing of the left. Here's your headline. Newsbusters.org. ABC, CBS, and NBC spend only... What? What? 59 seconds on Weiss testimony. But they devote 15 minutes, 15 minutes. So 15 times more time talking to talking about the pandas that were being shipped from the National Zoo back to China. Now, on my skit, you don't have to be a rock star journalist here, right? You don't have to have a degree in journalism the way I do to be able to look at this and say, something's jacked up. Here's your story. On Tuesday... The lead prosecutor in the Hunter Biden investigation, special counsel David Weiss, delivered a closed-door testimony to Congress, but you sure as heck wouldn't know about it if you got your news from ABC or CBS, and if you just kind of blinked while watching NBC, you wouldn't have gotten it there either. The only network mention of the Weiss testimony came in a 59-second brief aired on the November 7th edition of NBC Nightly News. None of the network morning shows, that's ABC's Good Morning America, that's CBS Mornings or NBC's Today, on Wednesday mentioned a word of Weiss's appearance before Congress. The biggest story on the planet, and it's bigger than war, is that the United States of America has a president accused of corruption. A president accused of getting rich to the tune of tens of millions of dollars with his family. It is the biggest story. Any arching, overarching, branching out story is also by design connected to that biggest story. Unless you're in the news and you go, I'm sorry, Uh, we weren't aware of that. Really? On November 7th, the Daily Mail reported on the significance of Weiss's testimony. You know what it is. Special counsel David Weiss says he's he's always been the sole decision maker on the Hunter Biden investigation, despite not being granted special attorney status when he first requested it. He said he was never blocked from bringing charges against the president's son at any point in his investigation. But, oops, there was that Bible thing in the hand on it in the talk behind closed doors with Jim Jordan and House Judiciary. And all of a sudden, the story changed. In fact, then David Weiss said, you know, I did not have access. I was not granted access, proving that Merrick Garland perjured himself in his testimony before the same panel. Zero time. Zero time. The complete shutout of the Weiss testimony continues the censorship of the Biden family scandal. It's the same way they sat on the laptop. It's the same way. And it's got to be so frustrating, don't you think? Can you imagine being a leftist? They try everything to take down, down Donald Trump. Making up stuff. Spying on him. Wiretapping him. Paying operatives to create fake dossiers impeachment one impeachment two sexual assault violations or 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 assertions by a laundry list of women 
all of this. Now four indictments. And yet every single thing that we find out, that we know from the beginning that the federal government is weaponized against the right and will do whatever it takes to protect Joe Biden, this administration, and prevent his prosecution. Period. It's not even a question anymore. It hasn't been for a long time, and they don't even care. I I guess my overarching question is this. Why does anybody watch the quote-unquote news anymore? Because that's not what it is. And I need to circle back. We need to Jen Pisake back a little bit because I do agree with Vivek Ramaswamy and many others who say, look, if you've been in, in office serving as the RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, for six years, got in at 2017, you've been through five different election cycles, all of which we have lost a presidential race, nine gubernatorial races, 19 House seats. What, 10 Senate seats, whatever it's been. And I have the exact numbers here somewhere. That is a recipe for failure. And failure has been served time and time again. But it's Donald Trump who's got to make this call. And I want you to hear the voice who says that. Because he's absolutely right. This is his decision and it has to be made. My not so humble opinion. We'll go there with you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.